radiophile. Noun. One who is attracted to intelligence. Join us, fellow fun-loving lover of knowledge, as we dig into your favorite topics with our very own nerdy diatribes, words of wisdom, and takes on life as millennials. Welcome to the Sapiophiles. Happy Thanksgiving, Sapiophiles. Happy Thanksgiving. It's me, Chelsea. And me, Kayla, in the same place again. We always get to have Thanksgiving together, which is fun. Mm-hmm. What are you excited about for Thanksgiving? Oh, so much. I mean, I love the delicious Thanksgiving foods. I, I love pumpkin pies, and I just love pies in general. I love turkey. I love stuffing. I like the Brussels sprouts your dad makes. He makes good Brussels sprouts. He does, and that's something coming from me because I don't really like veggies. So Well, you do now. You I didn't, do now. You didn't used to like veggies, but I don't know if that's still a true statement for you. That's true. But I guess one of the reasons I love Thanksgiving so much is that it gives us a time to reflect on all the things that we should be thankful for year-round, but it kind of gives us that time to just kind of sit and realize how lucky we are. Yes, definitely. And especially, you know, the way the world is lately, a lot of people are looking at the negative. Mm -hmm. We're not looking at the positive. And we have to remember that there is still so much positive. I hope that all of you are listening to the positive in your life as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I know we have some international listeners. Um, For international listeners or for people who just maybe don't know all the fun history... What is Thanksgiving, Kayla? So I know that the first Thanksgiving took place over three days. And we're all taught in elementary school that it was when the pilgrims who came over to what we now call the United States, but at that point it was the original 13 colonies. Mm -hmm. It Um, was in Plymouth. Yes. um, Plymouth, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. But basically the pilgrims in Plymouth shared a meal uh, or a three-day-long celebration, really, with um, the native peoples of the area. It was a bigger deal than just the sharing of, an, of a meal, which is, is, of course, wonderful for camaraderie and friendship. But the pilgrims in Plymouth, like many of the settlers who came to the um, now United States, weren't aware of how to live in this particular climate, this landscape and yes. everything. So having the native peoples Tell, like, tell them where to find food and what things were good to eat and healthy and safe was also incredibly important for their survival. Basically, um, as Kayla said, in 1621, the colonists in Plymouth and the Wampanoag Native American tribe shared mm-hmm. an autumn harvest feast. And it is a harvest festival. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, we're in the autumn, it's when we pick all the crops and now it's time to eat. So it's a big feast celebration. The first one did last three days, but it was not made an official national holiday until President Lincoln. Mm -hmm. He declared it an official national holiday, although people did celebrate it before that. To some extent, it just wasn't a big deal. Right. He made it the holiday that it is. Um, And that happened in 1863. And we celebrate Thanksgiving now on the third Thursday of November. It used to be the fourth Thursday. Fun fact, why do you think they moved it up? I will tell you, as a clue, my favorite president was the person that made the move of the date. So, so the actual reason that we moved it up <laughs> was that FDR bumped mm-hmm. it up a week to spur retail sales during the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. Making Christmas season a week longer helped bounce the economy back. So it was 
for that reason, which is a good thing in the Great Depression. In today's world, we have some of the things to say about what the consumerism of the day after Thanksgiving has turned into. Yes. But before we get to that, a couple important things about Thanksgiving. It is a time when it is important to remember what you have that others don't, what you can actually be thankful for. And even people in the worst of circumstances could find something to be thankful for. So that's what I think is important about this holiday. And it gives us a chance to reflect and maybe kind of approach life with a little more gratitude. It's kind of a refresher. It's better for your stress levels that way anyway. And it's a time to have an amazing feast. Mm -hmm. Lots and lots of food. Food consumption is up a lot on Thanksgiving. Bing. <laughs> so my cat is determined to make noise while we're talking. So Bing would like to say hi, and he is thankful for his scratching post. And he is thankful for his brother. He is thankful for his food. <laughs> And he is thankful that we will still pay attention to him even when we're podcasting. <laughs> All right, Bing? All right. All right. So, as I was saying, <laughs> there is a lot of food consumption on Thanksgiving. So, the first thing that if you are listening to this that you can be thankful for is that you have enough food to have a Thanksgiving. Unlike 11% of the world, 11% of the world is hungry. They do not have enough food to sustain life. You likely have never had to experience that. Even if you had a tight month where, like, you had to budget your groceries, you likely have never experienced true hunger. You're probably from the developed world. So you likely have never gone hungry. So that is something to be thankful for. That's no small thing. In fact, for some of us, our biggest problem is that we eat too much. Mm -hmm. We have an obesity problem in this country. So... That, I think, is something that we have to remember not to take for granted, that we have that food. And it's important to note that that 11% number that Chelsea mentioned is in reference to individuals who have less than one cup of rice a day to eat. Yes. That's not one cup of rice each meal. That is less than a cup of rice a day to eat, and that is on a good day. So that 11% is that amount of food. It's, yeah, it's not like you had a small salad instead of like your big yeah. loaded one. And there are some days that people don't eat at all. So, be thankful that you are not hungry. Also, if you are listening to this, you are in the 20% of the world that is fluent in English. <laughs> and while perhaps that's not fair to the rest of the world, it is kind of the power language. It is the language that gives you the best chance to be successful across borders of different countries. Not that it's not important to know other languages. It absolutely is. And we've said in previous podcasts that, you know, we wish that we were more able to learn other languages, or we had been taught as younger kids mm -hmm. other languages. But wherever you are in the world, if you're listening to us, you speak English. Mm -hmm. And that's a big thing. So be thankful for that. And it, whether it's your first language, second, third, if it's your third, props to you. You speak lots of languages. And mm -hmm. hey, you know, you're, you're doing better at this than I am. So <laughs> great job. So that's number two. You speak English. You're, you're not hungry and you speak English. Two things to be thankful for. Third, if you are listening to this, you are likely in the 6.7% of the world with at least a bachelor's degree. I don't know that you necessarily all are, mm -hmm. but I can tell by the fact that you are listening to this, whether or not you have a bachelor's degree, you are educated and you are somebody who is interested in learning more and intellectual curiosity. And that is a great predictor of success. And it's surprising to me that only 6.7% of the world has a bachelor's degree. But now that I think about it, if you think about all of those other countries and 
the places where people can barely afford food, let alone mm-hmm. education, of course they don't have bachelor's degrees. And this 6.7% is very much concentrated in the developed world. Yes, absolutely. Here's another one. If you're listening to this, you did not die as a child. Yeah. Unlike 5% of the world that still has a high child mortality rate, under 5 mm-hmm. And that rate has decreased by approximately 40% over the last 50 years. Mm. 50 years ago, 40% more children died in the first five years. So the world is becoming a place where people can be healthier. And the fact that you're listening to this means that you were healthy enough to make it to adulthood. Mm. Or at least teenagerhood. I don't think we have any little kids listening to us. But if we do, hello. (laughs) But you have made it to this point in your life. You didn't die. You didn't get terribly sick, even if you have dealt with sicknesses, you hopefully have access to some healthcare, some kind of doctor of some sort, even if it's a free clinic or something. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing to be thankful for. You're alive. Number five, if you are listening to this, you are in the 43% of the world with internet access. You've downloaded this, or you're listening to this, you're streaming this from your phone, from your computer, from your tablet. And internet access, while it might just seem like something fun is actually a key to broadening your horizons and reaching people all over the world. Internet access enables us to talk to people across the globe and it enables us to continue to educate ourselves, continue to learn more without expand perspectives. Yeah. Without internet access, my job wouldn't be what my job is. Your job wouldn't happen. It wouldn't exist. Like, I don't know how you would do your job without internet access because you're talking to people in another country across Mm -hmm. an ocean. So, So Internet access is huge. Number six. If you're listening to this, you are likely, because you're spending time downloading podcasts, you probably have a phone with a phone plan or you have a computer that has internet, you're likely not homeless or without adequate housing. 22% of the world is homeless or without adequate housing. So when they say without adequate housing, it means a safe place to stay. And I've seen what not adequate housing looks like. Yes. So they're counting that in the homeless statistic. Even if they have a place to stay, it's not a safe place to stay. Are you protected from the elements? Yes. Should something happen? If, if, you know, your house could fall apart if a rainstorm hits, that's not adequate housing. Yes. So. So, and you actually have some experience with non-adequate housing. I do. And building adequate housing in, in... place of non-adequate housing. What did you learn from that experience? So I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but one of my biggest passions now as an adult has been working with a um, community-based nonprofit in Antigua, Guatemala called From Houses to Homes. It actually began by a man who um, was born and raised in New Jersey and then went down to Antigua and noticed the need of the people there and decided to do something about it. So From Houses to Homes is an organization that provides homes as well as education and health care to families in need in the greater greater Antigua region. And basically what happens is families will apply for a house based on, you know, need. And there will be a screening and of do they own property. And that's basically the only thing that you really need is they have to own the land that they're trying to build on. Mm-hmm. And then... The, but even land ownership is hard for a Yeah, lot of and people. that's it, exactly. So a lot of times it's land that's been passed on to them from parents or grandparents or it's shared by cousins and everything. But in any case, from houses to homes funds the building project of their new home, which if 
maybe I can post some pictures on our on yeah. the blog at some point so you will know what I'm talking about. But um, we basically build just one room house, four walls, concrete blocks that we, we mix concrete ourselves and everything with a roof and a window and a door that locks. And it changes people's lives yeah. in numerous ways because after they then get the house, their children are then allowed to go to the school for free. Um, and the entire family gets healthcare, dental, and OBGYN at a clinic. So it, it's more than just a home. It's a game changer for, for it's them. It's a life. It's a, You're it's, building them a life. Exactly. So I, I love the organization. I go down and build homes through Notre Dame of Mount Carmel, my church um, that I had here in New Jersey. Um, it's in Cedar Knolls. And I love that group of people. And I just love the work that the organization does in it's a teach a man to fish organization and people really benefit. So, yeah. And I think that gives you a greater perspective of what you actually have in the world. Oh, absolutely. And like, there's, there's no better way to really get a grasp of how much you do have than looking at people who are brave and selfless and kind and compassionate amidst having less than you could have ever pictured having. Mm-hmm. So, and to yeah. jump ahead to a different why are we thankful? Whether you feel broke or not, and like we said in our Millennials podcast, many of us are in a state where we feel like we don't have enough money for the things in our lives. If you have access to more than 12000 US dollars or the equivalent a year, you are not living below the poverty line. Mm-hmm. And that's something to think about and be thankful for because living below the poverty line, as much as we feel pressed day to day with expenses and cost of living. The thing is that we have those living situations to even mm-hmm. pay for. So if you have access to more than $12,000 a year, you're not living below the poverty line. Right. And that's something to be thankful for. Also, you should be thankful that you have access to clean water and plumbing. Mm-hmm. Unlike 11% of the world, they don't have any safe clean water. And that's something that's huge. Even plumbing, the fact that You can stay within your houses and take care of bathing needs and all kinds of needs. That's huge. You have water that's drinkable coming into your house. That's Mm -hmm. huge. And we don't, we don't think about that. We take that for granted. We're like, yeah, it's just the tap water. In fact, a lot of us don't even want to drink tap water and it's perfectly fine. We're just like, it's not as fancy as the fancy water. Right. So that's another one to be thankful for. Also, considering that we all listening to this have safe homes have internet access. We are also part of the world that has electricity. 16% of the world in today's world in 2018 still does not have electricity. And if you're listening to this, you you downloaded this, you have some kind of electricity. Mm -hmm. So that is something to be thankful for. And finally, if you are listening to this, you are literate. (laughs) You are not part of the still 16% of the world that is illiterate which has gone down tremendously. It actually used to be about half of the world that was illiterate Mm. not long ago, maybe about 30, 40 years ago. And the literacy rates are rising across the globe, which is amazing to see. Uh, But you, listener, are literate. And that is something that you don't want to take for granted. You don't realize how much of a gift that is. And, you know, just as Chelsea mentioned all these things, I can think of people that I've met who don't have adequate housing, who don't have clean water, who aren't literate, who, you know, don't have enough food to eat each day. And it's humbling to think about that 
But I think that all of us could use a dose of humble every now and then to really understand how lucky we are and how blessed we are to be where we are. Absolutely. So that list is very general to all the people who are listening to this. I would venture to guess that almost all of you, those things are all true for. Mm -hmm. If you happen to be listening to us and one of those things is not true for you, um, we would like to hear your story. If you're listening to this in an underdeveloped part of the world or you are living below the poverty line, um, we would love to hear stories about that. And we hope that you get the things you need soon. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But, you know, no matter what you personally are going through in your life, you may be going through horrific life circumstances or you may be somebody who has been judged for their identity or any part of themselves. Even with those things... You can always lean back on these. Remember that you have all of these gifts mm. in the world. You have food, water, housing. You're literate. You're literate in English. Mm-hmm. And and I think that these things are vitally important to remember, especially, I know that this time of year, especially like Thanksgiving, Christmas and everything can be difficult for those who may have family issues or who may not have as many family, you know, family members um, still living or who have lost touch with their friends and they feel alone, it's, first of all, your feelings are totally justified. Absolutely. That said, it's important to remember that all of these things, that you have all these things in your corner and that you have the ability to make these changes and everything and to affect positive change in your own life, even amidst some negative things that are going on. And it's also a way to help treat those negative feelings, Mm -hmm. actually. Many people feel depressed this time of year, and believe me, you know, I understand that. It's, It's a real thing. Depression doesn't discriminate. But if you are feeling that, taking a look at other parts of the world is a humbling experience that might help you deal with your own issues. So... That's yeah. good to know. And those are things that you can be thankful for, that you even have the ability to look at where you are in relation to the world and say, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're not downplaying any circumstances anybody's having, but that's something to be thankful for, that we all can be thankful for, in addition to whatever you personally are thankful for. Yes. So we have a whole day of gratitude, a day of thankfulness, a day of feasting with family and friends. And then... Mm-hmm. Only in America. Mm-hmm. I hate it. We trample each other for flat screen TVs. And we're talking about Black Friday, which I am not cool with the fact that Black Friday has pushed into Thanksgiving. You want Black Friday to be its own thing? That's all well and good. You know, it can be its own day. But lately, stores are opening up earlier and earlier. They First, they were open at like in the morning on Friday. Then they became midnight. And I'm like, okay, that's okay. You know, it's a midnight shopping extravaganza. And, you know, that can be kind of fun. Then they started opening at, like, 9 p.m. And I'm like, eh, it's Thanksgiving, but things are put away. Everybody's finished eating. Lately, the past couple years, stores are opening up for Black Friday sales at, like, 2 p.m. on Thanksgiving. And that's not, that's not in the spirit of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is about being grateful for what you already have, not extreme consumerism and trampling each other so that you can get the latest craze. So what are your thoughts, Kayla? I see you making a lot of expressions. <laughs> I despise Black Friday. Even as a child, I hated it. I, and I understand I've had a lot of people come up to me and tell me like, you know, while I was like either shopping with a friend or with family members 
And they were like, you know what? It's okay. I don't have a lot of family. So I get extra hours and extra money. And I'm like, okay. Like, Mm -hmm. I understand that if you are a worker, it might be to your benefit that things are open. So I, I totally understand that. That said, if I could go back in time to whenever this awful day was created and just erase it, I would do it. Because I think that it's like we have this incredible expression of gratitude where people go around the table and share what they're most grateful for and then let's kill each other trying to get TVs. Yeah, like not an hour like, later. I don't like I don't understand. I will never understand. I have never liked it. I like actively fight against it. I like I can't stand it. I yep. I I have so many feelings. I mean, I think Black Friday does date back to when they moved Thanksgiving because it was an economy thing. Mm-hmm. But having a shopping day to spur the economy is different than what it's become, which is a huge sale thing. Mm-hmm. And everybody feels that they only need all these items right. that you don't really need. Yeah. So a little bit of information on Black Friday. Black Friday means that <laughs> retailers are no longer in the red. So they're like in the black meaning they have earned back all of their expenses. That's why it's called Black Friday for the retailers. Mm. It was a thing as early as the 20s. I I suppose it became more of a thing with the shift of um, Thanksgiving to the third week. Oh, my friend. And by the 90s, it had become its own holiday with early morning hours. Since the 90s, like I said, it has pushed into Thanksgiving Day itself. Mm-hmm. So here are some... Sobering statistics about Black Friday. I also found where the term Black Friday came from, too. In the black, right? Um, that and it was first used on September 24th, 1869, when two investors, Jay Gould and Jim Fisk, wrote the price of gold and caused a crash that day in the market. Awesome. So, lovely. Okay. So, so here's some statistics. The amount that Americans alone spend on this weekend is more than half of what they give to religious organizations in an entire year. That's a... Okay. I don't understand people. So (laughs) they spend more on Black Friday and this weekend than they give to religious institutions all year. Just so our listeners know, I have not read these this list that Chelsea said. She's reacting. So all my reactions are genuine and I just... Okay. Continue. (laughs) All right. Now we have a lot of food on Thanksgiving. We do. Nearly 40% of food is thrown out. After Thanksgiving. And here's the thing. We just talked about the hungry parts of the world. I am not a proponent of clean plate club. I don't think you should eat past the point where you're happy and healthy. But if you have extra food, please drive it to a food pantry. Please. Or save it for the next day. Or make turkey soup. Make a pot pie. Yeah. like Have have another day with your friends. Thanksgiving part two. Friendsgiving. Mm -hmm. We do Friendsgiving with the leftovers. So please don't throw away your Thanksgiving food. People need it. Mm-hmm. Even in your own community. You know, you don't have to worry about shipping it to third world countries. Bring it to a homeless shelter in your community. There is need where you are, no matter where you are. So if you don't want your food and you're not going to eat the leftovers, please don't throw it out. Mm-hmm. All right. Average United States home contains approximately 300,000 items. That's all different types of things, but 300,000. What person in the world would need 300,000 things. And most of these things are things you don't even look at. That said, even though the average U.S. home contains that much, one in 10 Americans also rent storage units for all their extra stuff. <laughs> it's a problem. We have too much stuff. Mm-hmm. Additionally, the average 10-year-old in North America and Western Europe has 
238 toys and they use 12. So that's 10 year, 10 year olds. They have 238 toys. Toys meaning things that are, don't serve a purpose other than entertaining the child. I, I was just thinking that, you know, we had, you know, lightsabers and like stuff growing up and we used to play with sticks. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you should like only give your children sticks to play with, but like we're taking it entirely too far. We they, are. they do not need the newest toy from Toys R Us or Mattel or whatever. It's not necessary. Imaginations can do amazing things if you let them and you don't stick them in front of a screen, but it's a whole other issue. But mm-hmm. anyways. And also, 60% of the world's consumption is done by 12% of the people in the world. That's absurd. Concentrated in North America and Western Europe. So we are the 12% that is 60% of the world's consumption. So if you flip that around, that means that 88% of the world is only eating 40% of what we consume. Yeah. That's absurd. It is. I'm appalled. (laughs) So those are our consumerism statistics for the day. And what, it, what how, how are you feeling about that? I see a lot of expression. <laughs> I don't feel good about it. No. It's, I, I just, I, and maybe I'm in the minority in this, but I just have never understood. And I know that there are people in my family and friends who love going shopping on Black Friday. And like, if you can do it without getting killed power to you, please don't kill anybody else. But like, I just, I don't think it's necessary. I, especially since... Like, doesn't anybody ever shop for Christmas all year round? I do. When I see something that someone likes, I get it for them because that's, that's what a good way thoughtful to do gift giving is. <laughs> also, here so are some here are some alternative choices to Black Friday. Yes. So Black Friday, many people don't realize, is followed by Small Business Saturday. Mm. Small Business Saturday is a lot of family-owned businesses, and it's. Places that you're actually supporting someone. It's also much more likely that those items were ethically made. They're probably not from sweatshops. And and it's also more likely that those items will actually be reduced in price, not um, increased in price for the two months previous to Black Friday and then reduced to make sure that the population thinks it's reduced. Yeah. So, because that happens, guys. So, Small Business Saturday is a great alternative. I would suggest... If you're looking for Christmas gifts, maybe look for some small businesses that might have some nice things and you are supporting a family and the workers and you're probably getting things that are ethically made. If you buy something from a chain store, you're not supporting those workers at all. It's made in sweatshops. Mm-hmm. You're supporting the corporation. So just something to think about. Um, another option is Cyber Monday. Mm-hmm. You don't have to trip anybody. Hello, Bing. Bing has opinions on Cyber Monday. Mm-hmm. You don't have to trip anybody. You don't have to run people over to get a TV, you pick the one you want, and you get it delivered. <laughs> you know, like I said, we live in the developed world. Mm-hmm. Get things delivered. I don't know what people did before Amazon Prime. <laughs> I get everything delivered. So those are some alternatives. Think about where it's coming from. Think about, is your purchase doing good? And with the Cyber Monday front, think about maybe like businesses that support charities year round and buying from them Cyber Monday, things like Love Your Melon, things like um, Pure Vita, things like, or people that do their own things that sell them on Etsy, like Mm -hmm. doing things like that, then at least, you know, like you are getting the discounts, but you're also supporting individuals who are making things or making things that are helping others too. Yeah. There are many companies that focus on ethically made items. 
Also, if you are looking for some kind of like year-round thing and you can take things out of this and make gifts out of them, I don't know if anybody here has heard of Causebox, but Causebox is a subscription that gives you like five to eight curated, ethically made, crafted products a quarter. So you get a box every season and the things are very nice and you know that the money's going to somewhere good. So that's an option too. And you can pull things out of those for gifts. And if you do use Amazon, which I'm sure all of you do at some point, um, it, Amazon, like I said, I Amazon has a monopoly. Like they passed go. They collected $200. If you want to know the full extent in 25 minutes, look up Hassan Minaj's um, Patriot Act. Mm-hmm. There's an episode on um, Amazon. But in any case, if you want to make an extra contribution while shopping on Amazon, sign in through Amazon Smile and you can actually put yes. in a charity of your choice so that a certain amount of what you give to Amazon will actually, they'll give a certain amount to charity. And if you're not sure what charity to choose, put in from Houses at Homes Guatemala because they're on there. Yeah. So, but you can support any charity that's important to you. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing to be grateful for. The fact that you have the ability to support something, whether you have a lot of money or not, whether it's you want to give them 50 extra cents, mm-hmm. you have the ability to support something. So I think, you know, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. what are we personally thankful for? In addition to the things that every listener can be thankful for, what are we personally thankful for? I mean, I already mentioned, yes. Wes, we're thankful for you, Ben. Well, I'm thankful for cats, but um, I already mentioned Guatemala and Chelsea mentioned, you know, the ability to give to a cause and support a cause that we care about. And that goes along with, because I am literate, because I am someone that studied at a university because I'm aware of what's going on internationally. I can make those informed decisions and choose what to support and what not to support. So I have that agency. I'm really grateful that I have the right to vote, that I have a voice. I am grateful that I, you know, get to go to sleep in a warm bed every single night. Yeah. I'm grateful that I was in a time that my clubbed feet could be fixed as a baby and I can run marathons now. You weren't supposed um, to walk twice. No, I wasn't. Uh, I'm one of those, like, I defy you. Miracle odds. babies. Miracle baby. Um, but I'm grateful for my family, which I consider those who are related to me by blood and those that are related because I simply love them. And that includes my friends from all different walks of life. I'm thankful to be able to speak and remain friends and remain in contact with all my friends internationally. And that I live in the global age where that's possible. And I guess all like my all my basic rights that go along with just living where I live and having, you know, somehow I was born in the United States, in New England, to a family that was able to give me an education. I was able to go to college. I, like there are yeah. so many people that can't say that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the fact that I just was given that grace that I can do that, that's, that's something that you know, everybody in the world deserves, but somehow I got it. So it's good stuff to be thankful for. Yeah. I'm thankful for my friends and family. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of great people in my life. Um, and my family was able to provide me, like Kayla said, the kind of life where I had the chance to be educated and have a lot of experiences that many people don't get to have. Mm -hmm. I'm thankful for my students. I'm thankful for having the ability to affect them every day. And be able to teach them and give them an education. Mm -hmm. Because that's something I think is so valuable. Um, I'm thankful for literature and art and music and all the beauty in the world. 
I'm thankful for kindness. Anybody who stops and does anything kind for anybody else, I'm thankful Mm -hmm. for that. I'm thankful for everything that we mentioned before that I live in a part of the world that I have access to the things that I need. I have food, I have shelter, I have all the important things that I need. And I'm thankful, yes, for you, Bingley, and my mm-hmm. other cat. He, he has a lot to say in this episode. He seems to be a very thankful cat. <laughs> and yeah, I'm actually thankful that I live in a place that I can have a cat. So those are all important things that I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for friends, my family, my students, my cats, my health. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful that I'm generally healthy. And if I'm not healthy, I have access to health care. <laughs> and I'm thankful for all of you listeners for keeping us going for over six months now. Yes. Thank you for putting up with my diatribes and well, that's what they're here when, for. when you can probably tell even just through audio that I'm rolling my eyes or making a face. <laughs> I'm thankful for sticking. You, you know, you stuck with me. You stuck with us. Chelsea's easier to stick with. I'm, I'm a little bit more difficult. I don't know. But, yeah, but... I don't know that I'm easier. I'm, I'm different. I'm thankful for self-deprecating humor. <laughs> but, I'm thankful for humor in general. Yeah. I'm thankful mm-hmm. for humor and for music and for all of the, the beautiful things in the world. Yeah. And I think because we kind of went a little serious that we should end by doing five things we're thankful for that are just kind of, like, fun. Okay. So... Five random things. Five random things we're thankful for. And this, you know, is beyond the fact that we know we're blessed to be literate and all the other things. So this is just five silly things that we're thankful for. Silly things. Okay. I am thankful for chocolate. Mm. On that front, I'm thankful for marzipan. Mm. It's delicious, like almond extract tasting candy. And you either hate it or you love it. And I happen to love it. Mm -hmm. It's so good. I am thankful for... Netflix. <laughs> you can watch anything you want and it just comes right to your TV. I'm really thankful for Hallmark Christmas movies. <laughs> they bring me so much joy. <laughs> Even in the, like they're really like they're wicked silly, but I enjoy them. I am thankful for books. Mm. I was talking to you about it earlier, but I'm thankful for folk tales, like yeah. stories passed down from, you know, all different cultures and everything. And they just, they're, sometimes they're like super scary and sometimes they're hilarious, but I just love them. Mm-hmm. Here's a silly one. You know, I know we're, we were saying be thankful that, of the life that you have and I'm talking more like consumery things, mm-hmm. but I'm thankful that you can get like anything delivered. <laughs> If I don't want to get out of bed, I can get so much delivered to my house. And that's not necessary, but it's like a nice little convenience. It is. I'm thankful for snowy ski slopes. Absolutely. That is a good one. Especially when it's like that corduroyed stuff. Yeah. I'm thankful that I live in a part of the world where I do get to see all four seasons. Ooh, that's a good one. And I think we're on five each, yes, right? Five I, and five. Yeah, so I'm I'm in, I'm in my fifth now. Yes. Yeah. I'm really thankful for the gym. Mm-hmm. I, I love that I have a community of people that pushes me to, you know, be in my best physical shape so I can do things like ski and, you know, do marathon races and just, you know, stay happy, getting all those endorphins and all that. So I'm, I'm really thankful for the gym and my community at the Clark. So thanks. Yay. And I'm thankful for coffee because it keeps me going that was i was torn between that one and the gym and i went with the gym so i'm glad (laughs) all right well we hope that you find some amazing things you're thankful for have a happy and healthy thanksgiving 
if you are not in America and you, you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, just have a great day. Right. And um, if you are in Canada, then you celebrated your Thanksgiving in October, I believe. So happy late Thanksgiving. Happy belated. Yes. Um, and like Chelsea said, the rest of the world, thanks for listening. And maybe just have a day sometime this week or this weekend where you just practice an attitude of gratitude. And yeah, I meant to rhyme. Start Did each it on day with a grateful heart. So just do that. And yeah. All right. We are grateful for you. We are. Thank you. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, Sapiophiles, and thanks for joining us. As always, you can reach us on email, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. Sapiophilespodcast at gmail.com or at the Sapiophiles. See you all back here next week. Have a great Thanksgiving and stay curious.